0: Welcome back guys to episode 13 of the Scrubbed In weekly podcast. Today's episode we're going to go back in more depth of what it's like to be an F1. So we'll start off how we picked our jobs and then we'll talk about being an F1 in general surgery as well as being an F1 in general medicine. So Mm -hmm. you know without further delay let's start by saying what was your motivation or your mindset or strategy mm. like some people yeah. say when picking your jobs for F1 and F2? Um, so
1: my strategy, so first thing first, I think when I picked the jobs that I wanted, I wanted, I prioritised firstly by location, mm-hmm. so actually I wanted to work close to home because I wanted to, I hate wasting time, mm. so um, I wanted to reduce travel time mm. to as minimum as possible, mm. so then that allows me to do spend more time doing whatever I want to do, mm-hmm. and it is what allows me to do all the things that I do. Mm-hmm and now moving on to jobs i wanted to be a holistic doctor so Mm. in the sense that i've got good experience in various different fields and not just the same so i didn't pick for example medical jobs Mm. three times Mm. for example some people did have Mm. gastro resp, cardio for Mm. the whole year Um, i wanted a good mix and then i was tactical as well i wanted to not feel the sort of Uh, Feel burnt out. Mm. I wanted something that was less intense, maybe Mm. required a different set of skills But it was also beneficial. Mm. So I chose surgery because I was interested in surgery at the time Mm. Um, And who knows I might do surgery, but Mm. I wanted a surgical job to Mm. see what it was like to be in theatre To manage surgical patients Mm -hmm. the complications that come about from surgery Mm. and all sorts. So surgery was number one um, Which I got and I ended up doing vascular surgery and looking back Uh, My experience on vascular Really did train me up very well Mm. Right Cannulating now Right They were so difficult to cannulate I said it on the last episode Right now I feel very confident Mm. In finding a vein in Mm. somewhere Mm. To cannulate That's number one And then I thought I know that surgery Is is, It is intense Mm. Wherever you go Mm. London Outside London Mm. Whatever it is It's going to be intense Mm. Right So I thought I want to something that requires a different set of skills, Mm. something that takes a little bit pressure off me. Mm. So I chose psychiatry, Mm. all right? So a different set of skills. So this one was now looking after the mental health, um, away from the medical side of things, um, very well supported. Um, And Mm. I think here now, London versus outside of London, Mm. there is a difference, Mm. right? Because I think some of our friends who were doing psychiatry outside of London Mm. said they really, did did a lot if we're just honest yeah. honest and frank um but in london i was on the wards we had ward rounds and everything but we also did clinics So i was doing cl- clinics twice a week mm. so for example if a gp referred you in for say you had low mood mm. poor appetite mm. uh, you're not sleeping very well and he was thinking this patient might be depressed mm. um so he would refer him to the center and yeah. i would be the first psychiatrist Mm. um, to pick up that referral and do a full assessment
0: yeah so you get that right so i was doing
1: that i was doing follow-up clinics so every time i saw i saw i saw patients (coughs) regularly every four weeks so i found psychiatry to be busy Mm. but less intense in the same in the sense i wasn't dealing with Mm. um, crisis situations and if it was crisis situation, they'd be admitted yeah. Right. Um, it wouldn't be something like a um, deteriorating septic patient that will then arrest mm-hmm. possibly it wasn't that critical and took some pressure off me um, and it was a good time for me to do other things as well that I loved mm. um, that was the time I actually started up the social projects and things yeah. like that and then I wanted definitely a medical job mm. right? because that's uh, essentially bread and butter as well you need to have those skills um, so I chose acute medicine um, and yeah. as an acute, I didn't have a base specialty So I wasn't in cardiology, gastro, mm. resp. It was acute medicine So I saw all the acute things that came through the door mm. Through A&E and admitted mm. And I loved that job Because we'd be dealing just with the acute period of let's say a week mm-hmm. And then say for example someone with COPD comes in they got Or chest infection They're really, really uh, sort of septic, really ill we'll treat them for the first week, stabilise them, Mm. either discharge or if they need to still stay in, Mm. they can go in under the respiratory team. So it wasn't... We had a very good turnover of patients and I saw loads of different things. Um, And I absolutely loved that placement. to the point that I'm considering medicine at the same mm. time as well. Mm. Medicine was so fun for me. Mm. Um, and I loved all of the SHOs, all of the regs, mm. all of the consultants. It's a good special times,
0: fast pace. You don't get to deal with mm. the same patient for like two, three days. Yeah. Um, and uh, what was I? AMU? Uh, Acute medicine, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so usually what, a day or two, and then you either discharge or you move them on to the hospital. Yeah. So you get to see lots of patients Loads really quickly, and you're not stuck um, with the same. Stuff for a long period of time. Exactly, um, F two wise. Mm.
1: Uh, I chose A and E. I mm. wanted to be in A and E because A and E you learn so much. Mm. It's so fun. Mm. Um, my eyes are red, by the way, because I've just come off a night shift. Um, so forgive me for that. Uh, but yeah, um, it's so fun. The only thing is the rotor is so intense. It's horrendous. It's hor- I feel like I'm at work every single day. You're doing three day shifts, and then suddenly you're doing night shifts, yeah. and then you're back on days, you get one day off, and then you're back at work, and it's it's tr- and it's and just about legal as well. It is a legal rota. Yeah. And it's the same. They're quite smart when it comes to rotating Exactly. Uh, but the thing is, in A&E, you treat everything mm. and anything, mm. and I love it. Mm. I absolutely love emergency medicine now. Um, it is something that I'll consider. I don't know, I love everything right now. That's medicine, um, that's... You know
0: what I Yeah, with specialty-wise, like whatever specialty you do in that time, you want to do that. Exactly, yeah, you, you want to do actually it. actually want to do the specialty uh, time.
1: But it's so fun, so rewarding. I'm working with a great bunch of mm. doctors, SHOs, consultants, mm. everyone's so nice. Um, I love the unit. And I picked GP. Because GP is one of those things that I will always consider, I won't close the door on that. Mm. Um, I've seen loads of happy GPs around, Mm. doing loads of different projects, teaching, going abroad, charity work. Mm. Um, So it's one of those things where I want to experience what it's like to be in a GP setting. Um, and I ended with cardiology so that I did my BSc in cardiology so I had an invested interest in that Mm. Um, I want to see what the cath lab is like and Mm. all of those things Mm. Um, so yeah that was my idea so I chose essentially things that I'm interested in Mm. things for my learning Mm. and strategically things where I'd like a little bit pressure off me Mm. after an intense period Mm. so I'm
0: hoping GP over Christmas would give Mm. me a little bit of a break Mm. so yeah what about you? how did you pick it? so I did something similar to you so for me um, the location thing wasn't that important, so obviously, I'm mm. not in Coventry. so wherever I go, I'm gonna mm-hmm. be living now. So, what I did was basically you have to do gen surge, gen mm. med, but you can choose what specialty in that, yeah. So, um, for general surgery, I did upper GI, I didn't want to do yeah. cholera, so that's to do with like all the Poo stuff. <laughs> You've um, always hated that, yeah, You've and like, I can't stand that. the smell, it's difficult, so I did upper GI consultant was upper GI so we did loads of like gallbladder surgeries mm-hmm. um, and those type of procedures obviously there was still some colorectal um, when we had emergencies just you can't really do anything about that but it was mm-hmm. a lot of upper GI stuff and for general medicine I did endocrine because I loved endocrine for a medical school it was between endocrine and respiratory medicine those are the two specialties I enjoyed mm-hmm. the most um, I ended up getting endocrine um, which was amazing I think it's one of the best rotations I've had so far because the, the the, the reg and the consultant were amazing. We you know, if there was a really good patient, he would stop the world round turn it into a half an hour teaching session with that <laughs> one patient. Bear in mind he's like a clinical director of the hospital now, so I was really good. Yeah. Like I like I see him as like older oh, brother's my reg and the consultant was senior, senior consultant, clinical director, mm. so I got really good with the management of the hospital. Um so that was good. Um then I went on to do general urinary medicine, HIV infectious diseases, Um, which was super interesting like HIV was amazing Um, so what I did similar to you is basically and this is one advice I give to people is don't pick three busy busy jobs back to back so having three really busy jobs in F1 Mm. and then three busy jobs in F2 others you will just burn out and it's very difficult once you burn burnt out to kind of get your footing back in again and people are really tired and they don't feel they've recovered before they jump to a exactly. different job. And, and some people want to sit
1: exams. Exactly. So you want to be able to have time away way to revise. So I know some people who chose some more chilled out, relatively chilled out jobs just to be able to revise for their MRCP yeah. or something like that. Yeah. So, yeah. so I know a girl who's mm.
0: doing a chill back job. So when we say chill back job, there are certain jobs that... Um, it's not as intensive or the day-to-day running is lighter. There are some jobs where you don't need to do nights, you don't need to do weekends. Mm -hmm. There are some jobs where you don't have any on calls at all. So what I did is, basically, I ensured I had two busy jobs just for learning-wise and then I have a non-busy job which was the genital urinary medicine for F1 and Mm. for F2 it's GP which obviously I might pursue. Mm. But I did the the light job per se in the summer because obviously I want to come back because I come back to London every weekend and whatnot mm. and I wanted to maximize my time so I wanted to enjoy summer properly so when you have a lighter job it's easy so I don't mind working hard for at the beginning of the year it means I can end the year mm. as a lighter job so it doesn't mean eight months I'm just running around um, so that's the way I did it um, for F2 yeah. I did obs and gyne, so for people that I know us we set up the maternal Aid Association. Mm-hmm. So we set up the charity Ma helping Mothers and I thought kind of growing that, managing that, having a background in Obzingani would be good for both here and Bangladesh. So that was purely the reason as to why I did Obzingani. Um and we can give a whole series or like a whole episode on Obzingani or specialty. Yeah, say. So that piece. was for the charity. Um I did GP for obviously wanted to pursue GP and I did ITU because um, I see was something I didn't get exposure of much in Medical school, um, and it was just I found it, I found it interesting. Just you know what, um, really sick patients, Davy. Yeah, and I thought you know job. for me it was. I haven't done it yet. It's I'm going to be starting it soon. It's just being able to manage the most unwell patients in the hospital. You get to pick up lots of clinical procedural skills, and um, so I'm looking forward to it. It may be the biggest mistake I've ever made, or the <laughs> best thing I've ever done. Um, and my road is similar to yours. So like each shift is twelve hours you you merge days to nights to weekends nights two days. there's to no such thing as there weekends is, yeah it's it becomes a blur and i know yeah. the f2 that's doing it now and she was like basically your life isn't <laughs> like you know you there, is no there is no life there is no um, life so i'm looking forward to i see some very difficult rotation not everyone gets the opportunity to do it so i'm kind of grateful i'm doing at like the major trauma center in coventry which should be good um so my advice in terms of picking jobs will be pick jobs you're interested in, pick jobs that you have a skill set that you can learn, and pick a job where you might pursue in the future. Mm. Um, it's a good way to learn, see what you like, see what you don't like, and there's no harm if you get a really bad job or you get a job that you didn't want, at least you know you didn't like it. It reaffirms mm. it. I think you might realise, do you know what, I liked it. Um, so that's good, and I would say pick a job where the uncles are not as bad or you might not have to do weekends or nights, so at least... Mm. Once in F1 and once in F2, you have some time where you can relax, chill back and enjoy it. You don't want to be burnt out and then struggle, go into specialty training. So that was my reasoning behind picking the jobs I did um, because I didn't really have, I wasn't too fussed about location. Mm. Would you agree or would you want to add anything? No, no else? I agree
1: with that. That's how it, I think it should be. You have to be tactical. To be tactical. Yeah. Do the things you love, do the things that give you time, mm. do the things that. Yeah,
0: and you're to. Yeah. And the way the, the system is, is what I've noticed personally, is some of the popular jobs are always tied in with the least popular jobs. Otherwise, you have people picking all the best ones and not getting it. The only job I missed out on or I wanted but I didn't get it, was AE. Mm. Um, But I got ICU instead. More or less, it's the same. Um, So you would always get jobs that you don't really want, Mm. Um, but that's fine. So we've kind of talked about picking jobs. Um, Let us know. Send us an email. Give us um, a message on Instagram or whatever, and we can tell you what the job kind of entails. Mm. Um, So what would you say is like a day? We can talk about general surgery, general medicine. It's more or less the same thing, really. Mm -hmm. Um, What would a day to day be, or what is the typical day of and F1 in general surgery general surgery um, so how does it start like what time do you need to get in what does it entail yeah
1: um, so in terms of um, general surgery so most shifts I had to be there by 8am mm. and some shifts by 7am Right. The 7 a.m. shifts I'd be there because for one hour I'd be doing surgical bloods. So I'd be taking bloods from everyone that needed hour, day surgery for an hour. Didn't you have like phlebotomists that go so, around? No, so for some you reason, were the phlebotomist. we were the phlebotomists That's the F one So 7 to 8, uh, year, if you were on that shift, you were doing phlebotomy service. So for a, a whole hour, all the surgical bloods for all of the patients. Um, and it was time pressured because these are day cases, so they'd be seen quickly by the anesthetist, by the surgeon, and taken in. There'd be cases, right, where so they're pre-op bloods, basically. Pre-op, yeah. Right. There'd be cases sometimes, right, where I'm going around, I'm going around. The anesthetist has seen, the consultant has seen, and the patient has already gone theatre, and I'm running to theatre like, hold on, hold oh, on, hold uh, on to get blood. Yeah, quickly put it in the theatre until they take the blood. So there'd be moments like that as well. Um, But yeah, so when I'm on the wards, the first thing you usually do... And by the way, things that we're going to say now, Mm. it's important because med school doesn't teach you this. Mm. So when I have final years shadowing me, I Mm. usually say, look, in terms of medicine and surgery Mm. and um, OSCEs and all that, you're probably going to learn that from everyone Mm. anyone. Learn the job now because this is what you're going to do and it will make your life easier. easier." So the first thing I do, you will walk in and make sure you've got a list. I make sure that the list is updated. So by that, I mean... The patients who are in under our care, mm. a nice spreadsheet, essentially that says patient name, details, what they have, the scan, latest scan results. And I have a little box that says um, what jobs I'm going to do today or mm. what jobs we've done, ticked mm. off. Mm. Um, and the reg is like that as well, because they can then read off quickly and report. Um, so I make sure that's up to date. Make sure I've logged in, make sure I've got everything ready. Mm. And then take the trolley, once the consultant or reg is here or the SHO is here, take it to the patient bedside. Um, And as an F1, your job is predominantly to document Mm. the consultation Mm. and to, what do you call it, take down the jobs, make sure you do the jobs, that's Mm. it, essentially read out the options, make sure you grab the patient fold. By the way, consultants and seniors, they love a proactive person. Mm. If you're constantly lagging behind, they become irritated. So tip number one. Make sure you're running ahead. Be ahead of the game. Be ahead of the game. Grab that note and say, look, this patient's not got a fever, apyrexia, blood pressure stable at 120, whatever. Um, They love it. Mm. They love it when you do that. And I used to try At first, admittedly, I was lagging behind. Mm. And eventually I realized, oh, wait, hold on. Let me just grab the notes and everything and Mm. do it. And I document Documenting was another thing that medical school doesn't teach you and I, had, I learned on the job because at first I would be typing essays, mm. literally typing everything down um, and then even typing mistakes down. I think one of my regs once said, um, foot clinic to be booked. Mm. He, he had a bit of an accent and I wrote food clinic. Food clinic. <laughs> <laughs> I wrote food clinic, clinic to be able, and then I was and I wasn't asking questions. So I was like food clinic and. That's I, the
0: thing in the beginning, yeah. You don't question. it, You just literally hear it and record. It just record. Yeah. not so, Question it. He, your consultant can be like saying the most right. Obviously, they're not gonna be saying the most. Yeah. But you just like you're turning to a machine to a certain yeah. element. You just like a like them, ascribe, the the courtroom. describer. Yeah. Not registering
1: anything and it's banging it out. Yeah, and then so. Um, when he'd say, so what you, what's, what's the plan? And then I'd be like, yeah, booking the patient into a food clinic. Yeah. Uh, like, food clinic? <laughs> what for? i am like, probably check their diabetes or something, their diet. <laughs> you recognise that yeah. you justify I'm it. I'm trying to justify it now to him. And he's like, I said foot clinic, you're in a vascular surgical <laughs> <laughs> surgical firm. We looked at gangrenous pose. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, there be lots of mistakes at first as well. Yeah. Um, and eventually one of the regs took me aside and actually said, ask us questions when mm. you don't understand ask us because then we know that you've understood otherwise we assume you've you understand the question. question that's the thing um, and i would say definitely if you don't understand the plan Absolutely.
0: and ask, they don't mind ask it ask like you'd be surprised like asking questions mm. by virtue medics or in doctors sorry they love teaching yeah it's innately that we love teaching we love mm-hmm. kind of passing on knowledge and whatnot especially from the experience and like I said, being proactive is important, but asking questions why are we doing this, why mm. do we not do this? You may have learned something in medical school, mm. but when it comes to practical or real day-to-day life, it may not be the same. It's like you know, you exactly. behave, you know maybe I'm I was in You hear about VQ scans and perfusion scans and stuff like that, but we still booking people for CTPA. And you remember medical school never do a CTP in a pregnant lady. Exactly. So these are the things that the one thing that medicine has that I kind of like that other specialties, not other specialties, other careers I have is as a registrar or middle grade doctor or as a senior consultant, they are consulting consultant because they have seen thousands and thousands more of cases mm-hmm. than you have. Whereas other careers, someone may, you may have worked in the industry for 20 years, but you can have a graduate fresh out of university become your manager, become senior to you mm-hmm. and they it's can the be at your skill. age just because they did a degree or they did an MBA whatever. When it's medicine, you don't have that. Mm. naturally everyone who is senior than you yeah. has more experience than you. I think we, that's what
1: it is. It's experience rather than where you got your degree yeah, from or, or skills, anything like that. Skills of course
0: we don't have yeah. that. it's based on experience. How long have you been doing medicine for the exams you've passed and yeah. you know you increase your special. So it's very rare for you to have a consultant unless, you know, you entered medicine later or you did it as a graduate mm. or you took some time out or you had a different career for you to have Seniors that are like younger than you most often they're older than you they're mm. more mature than you to a certain degree obviously but they have seen more patients so that is the advantage and mm. um, that that's something that I've noticed and found so asking questions mm. is very important. very important and you learn a lot more than just seeing exactly. and doing um, um so yeah and then so you'd go
1: around each patient as the F1 you document make sure you say all the obs and uh, whatever the consultant wants make sure you document down mm sometimes the consultant would say can you tell me what the bloods or can you bring up the x-ray or something like that so it's important you know the system Mm. at first obviously i was slow because i didn't know the system um but that's part of the job part of the learning curve um so you'd see all the patients you'd go around and then it comes to now doing the jobs and this is where now again medical school doesn't teach you Mm. for example which jobs do you do first get the scans done early morning because you want that information to be available by the next day if they're going for theatre, or mm. by in the evening. Mm. Um, it doesn't it make sense to do, maybe sometimes if they need an urgent scan to do, let's say, their bloods, bloods and send them or for referrals. something else, and then book a scan for the following days, because all the slots will run out. Mm. So it was a competition, essentially, between all the F1s in every single department to finish their ward run and quickly get on the phone and that get a scan sense. booked. Um,
0: That's important. I learned that from a reg. So like, mm. um, it's important to... like. So I was speaking to one of the GP trainees and he was saying like, what's a good way to be efficient? And at the end of the day, you will all find out your own ways of doing things. You'll Mm -hmm. find the best way you work. But one of the regs taught me and he was a colorectal reg, like a trainee. And he said, always book scans in early. Because we do a lot of ultrasound, especially the gallbladder. Mm -hmm. We So he said, always book in the scans early before anyone does. So he said, don't pick up the phone, go to the ultrasound department, go to the radiology department, go wherever it is, Mm -hmm. make friends with them and book your slots because there's a, and a certain number of slots and if you take it you don't need to bargain you're basically every is like, yeah, I've got XYZ patients can we ensure they get a slot mm. and then later if it's an urgency people get moved in and out but it means that you know your scans are booked and what I usually do is like I'll go back up to the wards or go back to the nurse and say look she's having a scan at 1030 she's having a scan at 1130 mm. do you know what I mean whereas other F1s and other docs will be rushing and they will do scanning so I usually book my scans first mm. then I do my bloods Mm. And then I do my referrals to different specialties and in yeah. essence those are the main bulk of the jobs because like I said scans affects management mm. bloods affects management but you can do blood by yourself any time of the day exactly whereas yeah. do things that you're relies on other people and specialties can come review the patient in their own time you're not gonna make them yeah. rush to do it anytime sooner than they are um, so that is one tip I give to all prospective F1s mm. F2s um, scans first blood Then special reveals and obviously things will pop up as they do do, in between yeah um so that's a normal essentially that's a normal working day when
1: you're managing the long-term care so that's not on call when you're on call you're managing sort of the there and then situation deteriorating patients um, I think that that sums up my typical yeah a typical and I do obviously do like you said do the bloods do the scans make the mm. referrals yeah um there there was one thing that we used to do that at first I was just like what how do you expect me to know um so we used to have a, like a board round mm. after the ward round and I would go as the sort of uh, representative of it. the firm and then it would be physios nurses everyone sitting in a room and they'd look towards the doctor in the room to say, when do you expect this patient to be discharged? Yeah. And at first was like, I don't know, they've got a gangrenous toe, they could be here for three months if they want. Yeah. But they were like, no, give me a day. And the pressure would be on. Mm. So I won't even lie. I used to just make up numbers. Some At first I used to be like, be here three weeks, <laughs> two weeks. And then when I'd say like really crazy number, they'd be like, what, why? Yeah, I'd they love like, that why. Yeah, for example, sometimes I'd just say, yeah, they'll be here like 14 days. Mm. Mm you know it's and there's a lot like, of freestyling in it yeah and they'd be like what do you mean 14 days for what like, we're going to chop off their toe innit? and then like, two weeks after that and then they'd be like no no that's not two weeks that's a week okay they'll be
0: out you um, learn very quickly how long you anticipate yeah. patients to stay um but with the board run i remember we were on the wards and um, this board run and I could never ever remember like and any be like all the Regis and S H S consultants would like see their name and they knew what they came in for they knew their plan yeah. I could <laughs> never ever remember for some reason I couldn't commit to memory yeah for some what? reason and that piece of paper is like gold and yeah. is very good and I think it's just everyone does it it's like you have your patient list what they came in with what's the management plan all the most recent mm-hmm. investigation blood and a, a to-do list basically um, and I remember like, that is like, I needed that because it's very good. It's very, mm. I think as an F1 is very important. Like I I'm said, is learn how to document properly. Um, documentation is super important. Document in a very legible way. Um, and one thing I did is I learned documentation from seeing other entries. I see how other people did it, mm-hmm. even on mm-hmm. course. Mm-hmm. I definitely. never knew what is the right documentation. Do I write too little, do I write too much? When well, I'm not writing, what's important, what's not? And I used to see most often you would see other people, see other patients and because you'd be like, okay, so this is how they did it, this is the format and you take the good. So whatever they did, you can replicate and find your own way. Once you know your own way, it's good. Mm-hmm. So you can always see what other people have done. So good documentation is important. Being kind of efficient, proactive is good. And I remember for us, we used to have like a team of F1s under general surgery, we should help each other. It's very good becoming delegate, being able to delegate. Delegate, delegate. Mm-hmm delegate being able to delegate delegate so being a delegate delegate is something <laughs> so but then this goes about society work and doing startups and charity and exercise because mm. you learn how to be a leader you learn how to manage a workplace or task, and you delegate 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 it's going to be the bane word Say so delegate <laughs> and i remember as an f1 doing general surgery i identified like who did what who was very good at what who wanted to do why X, y, and Z and i'd be like all right you know when you are seeing 40 50 patients you can't do it physically by yourself. Yeah, so you help can't. other F1s and they will help you when you need help. And you'll be like, okay, do you mind doing this, do this, do this. And you kind of manage your all. And then when it's their turn and they've got their 30, 40 odd patients, they mm-hmm. will give you jobs. So it's good to have these skills because it'll be easier to do it. Regardless if you don't, you know, you've gone through medical school, you're towards the medical school and you haven't done anything, you will naturally pick up these skills. You won't, but yeah. never burden yourself. Don't feel like you can do everything by yourself. Ask for help. There are other F1s mm-hmm. and other colleagues you're already seniors. And remember my reg said to me is like, don't think they can't help you, don't think they can come and do a candidate. because at one point in time they themselves was an F one or F two exactly. house officer, senior house officer. So that is there so a day to day job is basically that booking scans, taking blood, speaking to specialty teams, preparing them for theatre, so preparing mm. them for operations, looking after their recovery, um, and kind of building them up or getting them better to be discharged and then once that bed becomes free someone else comes in and you repeat the cycle and if they get unwell you help them. Yeah and in between it's just interspersed with
1: I guess if they're in Mm. a crisis if they're in pain if they're suddenly bleeding or their heart rate's going up you would be seeing them stabilising them um, asking the SHO Mm. for help or the reg or the consultant um, flagging things up yeah, as and when needed that's a usual day Day for an F1 on the wards. Mm doing the ward jobs.
0: Yeah. yeah. So as an, mm. I think it might be worth just talking about F2 uh, mm-hmm. since mm-hmm. we're talking about the difference or what I've noticed as a difference between F1 and F2, the jump is for some specialties the jump isn't that big because a lot of the F2 rotations are specialties. So you most often, some of these like obs is senior mm. led. So you wouldn't have someone who's been a doctor two years managing pregnant woman. Mm. It's senior led, so middle grade doctors and above. But as an F2, the responsibilities increase. So more is expected from you. So you're not a baby mm. anymore. They expect you to know stuff. You get to run it's your own clinics. In an F2. <laughs> yeah, so like now I have my own clinics. Yeah. Um, and like before you could do up to a certain you can do X amount of things before you're allowed to call for help. Not before you're allowed to call, before you're expected to call for help. It's the expectation. The expectation. Right, expect- so now as an F2, you're expected to go a bit further. Do a bit mm. more level of management or more interventions and then call for senior help. Mm-hmm. And it's more, you know, more responsibilities and it's the other things like, you know, for me now in obstetrics and gynae, it's basically assisting more in theatre. So when I'm doing emergency C-sections, I'm going into any and kind of, so, so I'm in a mm-hmm. so he might have a lady who comes in who's, you know, who may be pregnant, who's having some, you know, bleeding, maybe going through a miscarriage. So, he will call the OBS and gyne team and mm. then I would go and I would see the patient and then I would decide if we discharge her or if we admit her. Exactly. Whereas as an F1 you wouldn't be doing that. Yeah, you wouldn't, um, you wouldn't have that level of... As specialty because you wouldn't... Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Um, so that's an F2. Saying that for medicine they do let you... So that's general surgery. So general medicine when I did endocrine I had shifts where I would clerk as a junior in A&E. So same again. AMS as a, I did that as an F1. As a yeah, chill. Yeah. Would do he'll clock the patient and then they decide essentially if it's mm. medical, surgical, or how do you not... You, as do you in know? In any? Yeah, and then I would see them from a medical um, point of view. Because so, you refer, isn't it? But, but you work them up, isn't it? So
1: for example, you can clock a patient in. As an F1, I used to do this as well. Mm. So you clock a patient in, and then as an F1, you would discuss the patient. Mm. Uh, but as an SHO, you'd, you'd clock the patient, examine the patient, you then order the necessary investigation. Mm. So when you do make the referral, say for example, if I've got a person with pneumonia, mm. right, I've done the bloods, I can say the white cell count is up, they've got mm. a, raising, a, rise, um, a higher CRP, uh, chest x-ray shows this, so I've worked them up. So yeah, as an SHO in ED, what they expect, right, is, so you see a patient mm. from the minute, from essentially picking them up through, uh, walking through the door. You see the patient, you order the necessary bloods, you order the necessary imaging, you come up with a very narrow, or you try to even pin down the differential. Mm. And you essentially can decide whether the patient can go home or mm. not. Um, I think as an F1, when I was clocking patients, uh, the patient would always be reviewed, mm. would always be reviewed, like as in they would physically go and see them. Mm. Now, as an SHO, they expect your judgment to be mm. accurate. So mm. they, at first, they got you to go through every single case with them, mm. right? And then they would say, so what do you think? And if you said the patient can go home, they would trust you mm. on that, yeah? So that's respon- That's the level of responsibility you have as an SHO. Um, and I've absolutely loved that responsibility because it's also taught me to be thorough. Um, mm. I also have this, I've got... A practice of and it's encouraged amongst F2s especially mm. to ask for advice mm. so I would ask the reg or the consultant. Mm. look a patient has come in with this these are the signs and symptoms I have done bloods I've done x-ray which shows this 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 I think it's this do you think I've missed out anything no. and during my first week or two I did miss a few things and they would say oh don't forget this don't mm. forget to rule out that don't forget to check so this stuff like that is um, and so you learn and you build confidence And you get better you get slicker and Mm. that responsibility really does um it's empowering Mm. it's empowering Mm. i feel like i've learned loads on Mm. I love the job the rotor not so much but i love the job and i've learned so much and i've done so much you suture Mm. you plaster you do loads of different things everything Um, and then you're always talking to different teams if you're in resus i'd be calling itu doctors Mm. or you call an anesthetist or Where have you, you, for example, um, sedate patients Mm. to uh, put their hip back in or reduce a shoulder or whatever. Mm. Um, And I think as an F2, there's so many opportunities that you can now take up because you're that one level up. Your knowledge is that little bit better. better, Your experience is that bit better Mm. and more. Um, So, yeah, that's that's the level of responsibility I have currently. Um,
0: And I love it i love it's it good. i, love I it. think you know with any particularly it's one of the specialties everyone would love to do mm. it's like one of those dream specialties um and over and over again the one thing that kind of stops everyone from doing it mm. is basically this rota this infamous yeah, rota right. where there is no structure there is no day night weekend and a lot of people i think in the beginning mm. in med school they start in a certain way but then they get married then they get mm. family, then they get kids, and then they realise, how long can I continue be, being like this? How long level. can I act like mm. this? And, and it's just not medicine, it's every other career where your priorities change, um, and as a result, the lifestyle, where your work-life balance changes, and you hear lots of trainees who've kind of gone up. You know, I had, when I was doing general so surgery urinary medicine, mm-hmm. HIV medicine, a lot of the doctors there were ex-Obs and doctors um, I remember my one of the regis of the middle grade doctors was saying between her and her husband 25 days of every month one of them were, were, was on call um, oh my god so more or less the month one of the parents was missing yeah. Um. so she kind of took a hit and said you mm. know what I can't go on for this I've got young kids um, and she left that to do and medicine, which is an extension of gynae per se um, but yeah priorities change and it's important that you keep an open mind don't restrict yourselves and you know be open don't Mm -hmm. think I want to be a surgeon because you're a surgeon from third year of uni and then you don't give anything else a chance you may realise that you may like something else and it's also important one of the like an ST7 just to become a consultant said to me it's like just because you like a specialty you have to also understand is that personality of that specialty in line with yours because surgeons act in a certain way medics act in a a certain certain way way. gps act in a certain way so although you may like it and you may think about it is that specialty in line with your personality exactly you know and as well as that do you love Mm. that specialty
1: Mm. that when it demands something you Mm. can give it for example um Surgery, especially, is infamous for this. Mm. The guys that really, really, really love surgery, mm. you'll find that on weekends off, they're in theatre. Yeah. They've taken annual leave, and where are they? They're mm. in theatre. Yeah. Um, when they when the day shift has fi- finished at five o'clock, they've asked what operations are going on, and they're in theatre. Yeah, even
0: in the opposite guy, right? Which, like all these new trainees after night shift, they'll stay them like they'll hand over at eight mm. thirty, and then they will go straight into theatres to do c-section exactly they'll do like you know pelvic floor repairs all this different stuff um so yeah but um, that's the level of commitment you need to have and it's kind of inspiring and you know and it varies from
1: specialty Mm. to specialty um on what it demands and what it asks for
0: um so yeah yeah definitely um so yeah i think we kind of went off tangent but that's fine and we're we're supposed to talk about the day-to-day of an f1 um hopefully we've covered it and for the people that are final years or close to finishing medical and want a bit more insight into what it is to be an f1 or some tips and tricks at least watching this podcast will help you um it's probably you know a good time to wrap it up yeah Um, so we can give three pieces of advice um for the incoming f1s or you know
1: they're kind of two months in man (laughs) okay
0: they're two months in now. So, finally, your medics. So, free piece of advice. I'm going to go first because I want to <laughs> say the good one. Be, when you're in trouble or when you're really stuck, always escalate, always ask for help. Um, it's designed, the system is designed in such a way that there are senior colleagues, senior doctors who can help you. Mm. Um, don't feel like you have to do everything by yourself before you can ask for help. Secondly, look after yourself, you know, mentally, physically, emotionally. If you're unwell, if you're not doing too great, there is no way we can expect you or you can expect yourself to go and deliver and look after patients and, you know, give yourself breaks Mm -hmm. make sure you take time to hydrate, drink water and the third one I would say is be organised and efficient in the way you do things initially you will be slow, you will be staying Mm -hmm. back but that's only because you're new to the system and as you do it more and more the more cases you see, the better you become at identifying and the better Mm -hmm. you be be initiating management Um, so those are my top three I'm sure there's loads, but
1: those are to our speak. top three. All right, you've taken majority on those are our top three. As usual, we leave a
0: note in the description, and mm. with every episode, we always put into timestamps. So if you want to skip to a certain point, you can go to that. We also put our three pieces of golden advice, mm-hmm. golden nuggets, and you can have a look at that. Um, let us know what you think, um, and like i said before, leave a note in the comment section on what type of guest you like, and more so if this particular topics. It doesn't have to be medical mm. related. Um, even if it has like a medical underlying theme, if something you've seen in the news, or mm. there's certain things that you want to talk about, or maybe it might be a non-medical related thing, but you want a opinion from two doctors, mm. Mm. Um, it'd be quite cool to do something like that. You know, maybe you saw something, Definitely. you know, and we can you know take it from there. But thank you ever so much for continuing to support us um, as we're growing, um, and we'll leave it there for today, and we hope to see you again next week. See you then, otherwise.